With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. I want to start, I'm going to ask you a very cheeky question, but I'm kind of here. And I hope you um, hope you appreciate it. But I've been wanting uh, somehow we, our paths have never crossed, and um, you've written so many movies that are kind of like right in my sweet spot and and directed. I mean, you know, Mystic River, Man on Fire, like Confidential Payback, on and on and on. And I will said, if I ever had like one minute with you, I would have to ask you, how did you come up with handcuffs? How did I come up with handcuffs? handcuffs in a oh, highway I'm, to I'm hell. Not, Come on, man. <laughs> that is one of my favorite. It's just one of the most unbelievably great ideas that's so simple. I have them hanging over my head. Yo, oh, my God. He's got the handcuffs. Uh, wow. <laughs> Folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I shouldn't even tell you. you got to go see Highway to Hell. It's a, it's a wonderful film. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you see it and you're like, how come I never thought of that? How come no one else ever thought of that? It's insane. No, I remember because uh, I was on set for some of that movie, and I remember the, uh, the effects guy came out with them, and uh, they were articulated and everything. They closed, and uh, I was I was like, oh my god, they actually made them. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, I, they were hand hands that were instead of the cuff, it was a hand. They would just grab you. Yeah, they would just grab you. Uh, it's it's uh, it, it's great stuff. And we we did that movie last year, I think, at a Halloween marathon of mine because I had remembered it being wonderful. And I will say it held up. And um, oh yeah, no, it's 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 amazing what you can do with any money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess you've been working since then, so we should probably talk. <laughs> um, and uh, Brian has a a new movie out uh, about to come out, uh, Finest Kind. Um, really interesting film. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great cast, Ben Foster, Tommy Lee Jones, um, a bunch of other, uh, terrific actors. And it's a really, really interesting mix of kind of, I mean, is it personal? Like, were you actually one of these guys or you just lived around them? No. Uh, when I was a kid there, you know, in the movie, the main group of guys are commercial fishermen. And when I was a kid, that's what my grandfather did. It's what my father did. Uh, I have, very early memories of dropping my dad off at the dock and not seeing him for a week. Um, and when I got out of college, I, I couldn't get a job or I couldn't find a job I was interested in doing. And, uh, I had, I was the only male member of my family that hadn't been fishing. So I went fishing for a year and a half, uh, before I went to film school. So 
Well, okay. So yeah, it has the ring of author. It's, it, I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes you see something that's about a world you know nothing about and you go, oh yeah, that's real. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, have to, this, I have to chime in. I, I, was, I was really impressed with this movie, which I had no idea what to expect. Uh, it has such vivid characters and they, they, the, the actors are so real. Uh, Jenna Ortega is particularly amazing. In it. Uh, and uh, yeah. it's just one of those movies where you just, you just get hooked from the first scene. And then it just keeps going. And, and I'm, 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 my favorite movies run under 90 minutes, and this one is two hours, but I never felt ever that I was being padded or being sent somewhere that I shouldn't have been. I mean, I was really wrapped wow. up in the, in, the, in the problems of these people. And uh, every single actor is terrifically cast in this picture. It's, it's, it's really one of the better pictures I've seen this year, and I, and I think it may be one of the best pictures people will see all year. No, thank you very much. Yeah, I, it's probably, I wrote the script 25 years ago or so. Um, never could get it made. It's one of those things, write what you know. And it right. should have probably been the first movie I ever made. But for whatever reason, it's it's on the tail end of things, I think. It would have had a much different cast then. Oh, you're not that old. I mean, we're not the same <laughs> age, I think. Please don't be. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And then, and then you do the best thing. Then they turn to crime. So it's like, it's everything all wrapped up. In yeah. The, in yeah. The, I always think it's like, you know, if, if it's just a crime movie and I don't mean just, but if it's simply about the crime, only. it's hard. To, this was yeah. wanted to be a family story. And then you use the crime to sort of push the drama along to a place you couldn't get really in, in two hours. Normally, I think it's like, yeah. It puts everyone in a crucible and 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 lights a fuse kind of on things. Yeah, no, it's it's lovely. And your use of widescreen is really impressive. You got if you want to see this movie, I think you should see it in the theater because it really is. Oh, the, the frame, yeah, the frame uh, is uh, is so part of the New Bedford thing. Uh, it's um, it's very, it's very impressed. Yeah, Krilla Forsberg is a, he's a Swedish DP. He's, he shot it. And he was, he, he's only done one U.S. feature and he's, uh, but he's done all these Swedish crime TV shows where they shoot 11 pages a day and it still looks good. Though right. it's, it's like, it's, it was, a, it was a no brainer to get them. That's awesome. And, and I got to say, Joe and I did not, um, I had not discussed it, uh, heard from Joe what he thought of the film before we started recording. And I did know it was over 90 minutes. So I was just sitting here going, well, he still be, <laughs> he'll probably be polite. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, I'm endorsing it. I'm not, not, I'm not being polite. I'm endorsing it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, can, I can attest to that. Um, and, and Brian, you had a great idea. And uh, I, I'm so dying to get into this. Plus, there's some good stuff. You, you had, no one's ever done this before. Um, you want to talk, we want to talk to you about some of the films that have inspired you. And you came up with a kind of unifying theme. Do you want to tell Joe what that, what that is? Yeah, well, it's films that the title of the film is the main character, generally is the main character in the film. So Cool Hand Luke and Clute and Rocky. And well, let's, let's start at the beginning. Like yeah, don't, 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 don't give them away. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, let's like start. Because I, I have an interesting theory, and um, which is there are movies that are just a character's name, and then there are movies that ask the question, who is so-and-so? Like the one that like I can think of, who is Cletus Tout, for instance? And I have a theory, and I don't want to badmouth anyone, but if your movie is a character's name preceded by who is, it's almost always going to be bad because you don't understand that naming the movie after the character 
implicitly asks that question already. Right. Right. And if you feel like you have to throw in who is cool. Yeah. <laughs> you already don't understand the, the kind of concept. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, let's, let's, let's start with one and go from there. Like what's, what's the first? My first is uh, cool hand Luke. Cause, uh, I loved that movie when I was a kid and it was always on TV. I don't know why, but we, uh, we, I grew up in, in Massachusetts. I think it was channel 56 or channel 38. They seemed to have like a deal with, uh, Paul Newman to only run that movie when they had nothing else to show. And, and, uh, it's one of those movies where you can come in on it at any moment in the movie yeah. with an hour left or starting or 10 minutes left and you're glued to it from the start. And uh, I just, I so admired his character and, and would always sort of say to myself in situations like, what would, what would Cool Hand Luke do here? Um, and it's a dumb, he's kind of a dumbass in a way. He's, he goes to, he, he ends up dying because he's, destroyed municipal property, so to speak. So he's the opening of the movie, he's cutting the heads off parking meters. And at the end, he's dead. And it's like, (laughs) so it's kind of like a movie that means nothing and means everything at the same time. Because it's- I was going to say, like, if you're asking yourself what Cool Hand Luke would do in a situation, sometimes the answer is get beaten almost half to death by a racist (laughs) moron. So um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Or yeah, but keep standing up. Keep getting up. Yeah, but keep it's taking like, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like prison sort of puts him in a position to sort of wonder who he is and what he stands for. And he decides, I, you know, I just, I stand for not being in prison. <laughs> and uh, I just love that movie. Um, I, I don't know if you guys want to get into anecdotes, but I, I, I always wanted to meet Frank Pearson, who wrote the movie. Oh, I, I should, I'm, I'm blowing the story already. I'm blowing the story. I always, I wanted to get the soundtrack to the movie. And I didn't know, it's Lalo Schifrin, right? Who's right. wrote the soundtrack to a bunch of these movies. Like if, if you're doing a movie about a guy and the, and the name is the title, you've got to get Lalo Schifrin to score it. That's actually true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I wanted the score and I didn't know if it even existed. And every time I was in a record store, I'd go in the soundtrack section and see if they had Cool Hand Luke. I could never find it. And the very first thing I directed was an episode of Tales from the Crypt, which that shot in London that year for some tax break or something. And I was, I went to Tower Records. I think it was, was it Tower Records? It was the record store in Piccadilly Circus, huge record store that's not there anymore. And I went, um, I was staying at this hotel, the Athenaeum Hotel, and I, I went to the soundtrack section. They didn't have it. I found a foreign section that they had, and they had a soundtrack section. And I looked, and there was a, it was a CD of a German imprint of the Lalo Schifrin score to Cool Hand Luke. And I, was, I almost just couldn't believe it. I just held it in my hand for like 10 minutes and just looked at it. And it was, uh, CDs had just come out, and I bought it. And I went back to my hotel room and there was a CD player. The hotel room was so advanced that it had a CD player in the hotel room. And I got back and I was going to change some dollars into pounds at the front desk. And I heard Americans talking behind me. And I turned around just to see who they were. They were talking about some safari they had come back from. And Frank Pearson is standing there. And I thought, oh, my God, it's Frank Pearson. And what's the, what are the odds of this? And I walked over to him. 
to the group and I'm staying a respectful distance because he's in the middle of a story. And it slowly becomes apparent that he's aware that I'm standing there, but he won't look over at me and just wants me to go. And the people he's talking <laughs> to, are, the people he's speaking to are looking at him like, Frank, there's someone here standing here. And I slowly start to turn around and excuse myself. And he turns and looks at me and he's a harsh kind of difficult. He's a difficult person. Let's say that. And um, he says, yeah, what do you want? And uh, I said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but are you Frank Pearson? And he said, oh, let me guess. You became a writer because of me. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, no, but I said, I have something that I think is more yours than mine. And I take out the CD and I hand it to him and he's kind of blown away. And he's, where'd you get this? And I said, I just bought it. And he said, Did, uh, who are you? And I'm like, I'm just here. I'm making a TV show. And then he said, uh, well, meet me for drinks at the bar at five o'clock. And it began a long, strange friendship with him. But oh, wow. it's a long story for this segment, I know. But that's no, the, not at all. Not at all. That's great, man. That's that's wonderful. That is a fantastic story. But it was cosmic. Story. It was like cosmic. Yeah. Now here's here's a question because you I like I say I think we're about the same age and and I it was showing all the time in Philadelphia too when I was a kid and and yeah and it was one of those things where like you would just come in anywhere and you'd watch it I probably didn't even see it in sequence the first time you know I saw it broken up yeah how I'm trying to remember I don't know if I can answer this at, at what point did it all of a sudden become clear to you that this thing was just like packed to the gills with like Christ imagery. <laughs> Yeah, not at first. Suddenly you go, what? <laughs> yeah, not not at first. Um, but, you know, when he's laying out, he's eating all the eggs and he's laying on the table. Mm -hmm. he, has, he even has his feet crossed over each other. Um, but it's it's very, yeah, it's all over the place. But it's done in, it never is in your face in a kind of way. It's done so kind of slyly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Just, it's, uh, I mean, even like he's in a church at the end. I mean, know. eating the eggs is even the last supper, you know, it's, right. it's crazy with his, with his disciples all around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's wonderful stuff. Um, well, cool, man. That's uh, we're off to a good start. What's, what's next? The Goldfinger, ah. which is not the main character, but he's the villain. I think it's the, it's the only guy on this, the only one on the list where the villain is the name of the movie. And uh, it's what's the guy, Gert Frobe as uh, Goldfinger. And um, I, it was the first movie I ever remember seeing. My dad and took me and my sister and my mom to the drive-in. And we had a, a Mercury Comet. And I laid on the back dash and watched Goldfinger from the back dash of the Mercury Comet. And I never, I just never forgot it. I thought it was so fantastic. And this guy running around and painting people gold and uh, with his insidious plan. And um, uh, I just always remember that guy um, when they play cards together. And um, how, how freaked out were you by the, um, the dead gold lady? I mean, I remember that being. Oh, like, yeah. No, I was, uh, you know, it was, it was. Uh, I think my dad already started explaining it to me from the front seat. He's like, hey, you know, <laughs> if your skin gets all covered, you breathe through your skin too. And I had a fear. I had a fear for a couple of years. I had, I had two great fears that I was going to get a, a wood tick was going to get on me. And 
The other fear was I was going to get so covered in something that my skin couldn't breathe and I died. Well, mine, mine was earwigs, thanks to Nike. Yeah. <laughs> or earwigs, whatever they're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that's and is that your as as an adult now is that like are you are you a, are you a Goldfinger guy is that like your favorite Bond or uh, you know as time went by my favorite Bond became from Russia with Love uh, oh, man, just because <laughs> another great villain but they didn't name the movie after him but um, I just love that that movie and that's the most kind of gritty Bond movie to me yeah um, yeah. That I, I once, um, I remember sort of thinking we'd gotten to a point, which, which was, was it a, no, it wasn't a Mission Impossible film. It was one of the, um, Tom Clancy movies with Harrison Ford, I think, where, you know, the big climax of the film was two guys trying to download a file off of a server, <laughs> the race. And I kept thinking like, once upon a time, it was like Robert Shaw and Sean Connery, Connery's pounding the shit out of each other in a train. Yeah. Now it's, now it's two guys racing to download files. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we have come. Um, yeah. Wow. What What is next? I love this well, idea because they're all so. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to jump ahead, but it's just like it's such an excuse to get into kind of very disparate films. Very, next is Rocky, which is, seems like a no brainer. It might be sure. the quintessential, but the movie could have been named Adrian too. I think so. It's funny that it's just the big name screamed out at the end of the movie is Adrian, not right. not, not chanting Rocky. Um, and I, I just adore that movie. And I, I adore the story behind it of Stallone writing it for himself when no one took him seriously or even knew who he was. And yeah. It seems like it's an impossible, it's impossible that movie ever got made with him as the lead. Um, the, um, uh, and, I, you know, it's just his journey and it's a quintessential, the movie is the character and, the plot's kind of not important. He, he states early on, I just don't, I, I just want to go the distance. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And that's what, that's what he does. And it means everything. He's a little cool hand Luke like, I think in some ways. Um, but uh, he has this dream of going the distance and, and proving he's not a bum from the neighborhood or whatever it is. He says, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of wonderful. And it's such a that seventies thing where you could make a movie about a guy who who uh, like I, I actually once got in trouble. I did, did some interview with. I'm from Philadelphia, and I did an interview. I think it was in Philadelphia Magazine, and um, I love Philly. I'm from there. It's blood is in me, and I said one of these. You know, I said Philadelphia is the only town that would build a statue to a guy of, of a guy who lost a fight, which yeah. got me in some <laughs> trouble with friends. But but I love that you. We used to be able to make that movie. You know, because you don't walk out of Rocky going, oh, he lost. Oh, God. You're like charged, man. Like, we, I mean, yeah, just electric. Yeah. It's, I um, think they did, a, they did a poll once that, that who won the fight in Rocky. And it was something like 60% said, oh, Rocky won the fight. People didn't. Right. They were so upbeat about the whole thing that it, it was kind of lost on him that he lost the fight. There was some Democrat presidential candidate like 25 years ago i remember who who was uh, was was bob carey is it may have been him who he would play the rocky theme coming out and somebody right. asked him why he played that and he goes well it's the theme to my favorite movie and it's going to be the story of this candidacy and i'm sitting <laughs> there i'm going um i don't think you want to be telling people <laughs> i'm going to take your money i'm going to go the distance and then i'm going to lose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please donate now 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Joe and I were just talking about this the other day. Joe, Joe does not, I don't want to beat you up, my friend, but you, you maintain, what was the movie you maintain is better? Oh, the setup. The setup. The setup. Joe's going with right. the setup as, as boxing yeah. movies. I just, I can't, I mean, it's a great film, but, but uh, yeah. as I said, I, I saw the setup and I didn't immediately run out of the theater and run laps around well, the square. It's, it's not exactly, it doesn't make you exalt at the end. I don't feel good. I gets beaten to a pulp. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what is next, Brian? It's uh, Cleopatra Jones. Uh, as they say, I think the ad line for the movie was the soul sister's answer to James Bond. <laughs> and I think of all these movies, it's the greatest name. I don't, you can't come up with a better name than Cleopatra Jones. That is probably um, true. Yeah. And I just like, uh, you know, she didn't have a big career, but I always thought Tamara Jones was just kind of, I didn't understand why she didn't have a bigger career. I, I thought she held the screen so well. And Dobson, Tamara Dobson. Yeah, Tamara, I'm sorry, Tamara Dobson. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, right. I didn't know. I'm looking her up. Like, there's 11 credits here. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, what, what? But they're all in a pretty short period. Do, do, do we know what happened? Am I oblivious? I know she, I know she died early. I think she had multiple sclerosis. Oh. Um, but, but in her 50s, and I think her career just kind of, petered out she did they did a sequel to cleopatra jones and then it was just kind of nothing you'd think you'd think that would have led to a big big career for yeah. her um well, it's a movie where you can see shelly winters punch out a bunch of people yes and the big fight at the end is between is between tamara and and shelly winters which um you don't you it's hard to find that anywhere else but that movie <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How how did you how did you see it first? Like, what was your experience coming into that movie? I I sort of saw it on YouTube first. I saw clips from it. I oh, love wow. the title. I looked it up, and uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, and just watched a bunch of clips, and then finally ended up just watch, sitting through the whole thing. You know, um, and it has all that cheesiness to it. It's not made by. It's not made by. It's not in the best of hands, I don't think, but it's but it still has a lot going for it, and she's great. Yeah, and Shelly Winters is so much fun too. He's, he's a yeah, bad guy. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Joe, you're a you're you've got to be a fan. Uh, I've seen the picture. It's 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 fine. I can take it or leave it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a TNT Jackson person myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really, no love for coffee here. Are we? Uh, um. Awesome. Did you, did you, by the way, I can put it back in because you had Clute up there higher. Did, did, was that? Oh, I skipped Clute. Oh my God. Yeah. And that, that's one that I want. Cause like, I'm, I'm always like, there are movies that I know the issue is me and not, I'm not one of those people who are like, I don't like it. It must be bad. You know, and there's right. films. In fact, just from doing this show, there's a couple of films that I've just like forced myself to go back to and come around on with the help of people. But like Clute somehow always leaves me cold and people love it. And I don't, get like why did he, tell tell the audience about clute a little bit and then like tell well clute it, which easily could have been retitled brie walker right which is uh jane fonda's jane character Fonda, yeah yeah clute and brie the um i it's one of my favorite movies um for a bunch of different reasons um that's a great score michael small who did also marathon man he's another uh he's another great person to have if you got a movie with the with the character's name in it um but um 
I, you know, for example, Jane Fonda talks about herself the entire movie, and this is by design. This is not a criticism. I think it's the movie's design. She talks about herself the entire movie, whether she's explaining herself to, to Donald Sutherland or whether she's at her psychiatrist's talking about herself. That's all she does is talk about herself. And Donald Sutherland has like seven lines in the entire film. He doesn't say anything. And at the end of the movie, you feel like you know everything about Donald Sutherland and you absolutely know nothing about Jane Fonda. And, and, um, okay. And there's such kind of opposites. It's one of those great opposites attract stories, I think. Um, and I just love that. It's my favorite screen couple of all time. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, there's yeah. just something about him. I mean, he's so dry and so it's not like I have to love my, I don't have to love anybody. in a, I don't have to yeah. like anybody in a movie, but there's just something very kind of dry and off putting about him that maybe I have a hard time getting past, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> they, they both have, they both rock a good haircut in that. Yeah. But it's a great thing about movies. They're so subjective, you know, it's like what one oh, person sure. Yeah, but I just um, I just find like hearing people talk about something like that where again, like I say, I know I I know for a fact empirically it's a it's a great movie and it's just like I I will crack the code I will figure out I will get right. to a place where it works <laughs> on me and it it just hasn't um, yeah but but and I think it's shot by uh, Gordon Willis it's like just I think it's beautiful to look at um, I do yeah it is but, yeah are you you're a clue guy right joe are you uh yeah no i have like had I this like conversation that, that whole period that whole parallax view of clue group you know pictures they're all in a yeah. they're all in widescreen they're all kind of dark uh yep. and they're um society movies they're critical of the society that's going on no i'm with you i mean that era i would like to be living in that era perpetually like i would watch nothing but movies from that like five-year period and i'd be well, i think nixon was president that that wasn't wouldn't be such a great era <laughs> so a small price to pay for great cinema is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh, man, these are great. What's, uh, what's next? I know what's the next one is. It's not really following the main character so much as, as him taking us into a world, but it's Oliver exclamation yes. point, the musical. And I hate musicals. I hate them. Man. And, uh, and but I love Oliver. I love Oliver, and I could watch. I could. I could. I know the songs. I know the. But I. But it was because I wanted. I. I wanted to be that kid. I, I either wanted to be Oliver, or I wanted to be the Artful Dodger when I was a kid, and uh, 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 Jack Wild was the Artful Dodger. He was so cool, yeah. and he's running around pickpocketing and has the world on a string, kind of and. You don't realize you're basically looking at uh, Bill Sykes when he was a kid, and he's going to grow up to be some horrible thing, probably. But and, and Bill Sykes is such a great villain. Um, was that that had to be? Was that your first Oliver Reed film? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was just like he was just imprinted on my brain forever after that, and, and yeah, not just and terrifying. There was something compelling. You can't imagine that guy being dropped into any other musical that ever was yeah. made, except yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he shows up in Tommy, right? So I guess that's uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's something because he's genuinely terrifying, especially if you're a kid. But but I, at the same time, like every time he was in something else, I was just like, oh, I love that guy. 
scares me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the moment when the dog knows, when he's calling the dog over, he's going to kill the dog and the dog uh, knows. And it's, uh, that's, how, that's how scary he is. He's going to kill a dog. <laughs> I saw it on, uh, I yeah. saw it on Broadway, uh, the, the Lionel Bart uh, original, which Jack Wilde was in, by the way. Right. Uh, and, um, mm. and the movie is, it, it's a, it's a really good movie, but I always faulted it because it stole so much from the David Lean movie. Uh, the, 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 right. the shots and the way it's planned and all the whole thing. I mean, Carol Reed is, you know, no slouch as a director, but he, he just relied so much on what had been done before that I, I always was a little disappointed with that, but it's, it's a, it's a very entertaining movie. Um, uh, yeah. It is, yeah. And the songs are good. Yeah, I'm I'm resisting the urge to burst in them. I was I was in it in high school, but they cut the the. Uh, I was Mr. Sourberry, who's not <laughs> in the film. That for a brief period, Oliver is taken in by a, um, an Undertaker. Right. There's a great Undertaker song, but not in the movie, sadly. But uh, right. yeah, no, I, I love that movie. I, that was one of those ones. I was a really little kid. It was like that, and I think Doctor Doolittle. That I just like. Both my parents right. and every adult I knew at one point or another had to take me to see Oliver. It's just, I think they're all getting sick of it, but, um, yeah, great, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, let's, let's, uh, yeah. What's next? Uh, I'm gonna, I got to, uh, stop my dog from snoring. The, oh, um, <laughs> we can't hear him. It's okay. No, good. Okay. Okay. Uh, i Josie Wales, um, which is my favorite, uh, Clint Eastwood movie. Um, wow. Shot by Bruce Surtees, who also shot Dirty Harry. So he's yep. also a go. He's also a go-to behind the camera for these kind of movies. Um, and of course, it has that great. Uh, it brought about the, in the DGA the Clint Eastwood rule, which was that uh, someone in the cast couldn't take over the movie if, if the director got fired. Because uh, it started. Oh, wow. out I knew. Yeah, I knew there was something. I didn't know that had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Phil Coffin, Coffin, right? Yeah, he started out directing it, and he wrote it. Right, um, and then what, I don't know what the falling out was between the two of them, but it, they fell out after a couple of weeks, and um, and that, that's the story of that. But the um, I just love the mechanics of it. I, I love the um, I love him, but he loses his family at the start, and he kind of puts together a new family as he goes along trying to get away from that kind of an idea even. And he, by the time he's, he's done, he's leading a ragtag band that, that all need him and need each other. And well, yeah. And I love it. That's the last thing in the fucking world he wants to. Yeah. It's like, they just keep sort of finding him and attaching yeah. him in a way that uh, it's, it's great. Like he wants to be a Clint Eastwood character from, you know, one of the man with no name movies and they won't let him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, you have a name and it's Josie Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just, um, yeah, I mean, each relationship is so strong in that thing. So yeah. It's, it's, well, yeah. with one exception, uh, the Sandra Locke things it gets weirder and weirder the older I get. Yeah. I probably, the relationship off camera is, is more, is more fully formed than the, the on camera one. Yeah. Um, and it's got Cheek Dan George in it. Always been so good. And, so yeah, good. every line out of his mouth is a great line, you know. Yeah, um, or easy to sneak up on. <laughs> we shall endeavor to persevere. Oh, yes, I always endeavor say, to persevere. That's. The- <laughs> I always say that when when a project falls apart. Yeah, 
me and tells me that the movie's falling apart, I always say, well, we shall endeavor to persevere. <laughs> and then we declared war on Warner Brothers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I love that movie so much. I mean, it's, um, it's funny because I, 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 it's not that easy for me to, to pick because I love Unforgiven too. Like Unforgiven just like, and again, you know, favorite, second favorite, whatever. But are you, do you are you an Unforgiven fan or is that? Uh... I, I like, I kind of like, I like Unforgiven a lot, but I don't, I'm a little bit uh, stingy with it because of my, my, uh, a lot of Josie Wales um, love. Yeah. You're, just, you're not allowing your heart to open up fully because no, no, no failure to commit here. And it'd be like cheating, cheating on Josie Wales. <laughs> That's amazing. I, it's a great double feature. I gotta say, yeah, having yeah. having done it, and and there's just so much. I'm, I'm God. I, I I love it. I love the. I love the final confrontation with. I mean, with both villains, really. I mean, the sort of satisfying visceral. You know, yeah, like a cartoonish villain, but then the thing with John Vernon is, oh my god, yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I tell him the war is over, and it's. I think it's the best Eastwood ever looked in a movie. I mean, he's looked great in a bunch of movies, but he's never. It's the best yeah. he's ever looked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And people forget too, because it was that time. I remember my dad would take me to these movies, and they were a little trashy. Like Clint was not always respectable. And I'm not talking about yeah. like back when he was on TV. Like it was well into the eighties at least. I mean, I think it was yeah, you know, close yeah. to around unforgiven before he started getting the respect he deserved, really. Yeah. Yeah. He's spitting on everyone in the movie. And, yep. You know. <laughs> Does it get stains out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's great stuff. The next one I knew you were gonna have on this list, because when I saw payback, I'm probably the I don't know. I'm sure other people did. I was the only person in the theater who cheered at a sign on a bar in a movie. Right. <laughs> right. There's well, a yeah. bar in payback called Varics. It's like, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. So Charlie Which, by the way, we're recording on, do you know this? Today is the 50th anniversary of the day that movie opened. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. That was all planned. Yeah. <laughs> all planned. That's right. That's right. Written, written by our good friend, Howard Rodman's father. But yeah, oh, I want to. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is tell. Yeah, when did you first see Charlie Varick? What did it do to you? How many times? I, have you I started at the. It? Yeah, I started at the New Art when I was. I hadn't been out here that long. It was probably in the late '80s, and they had it at the New Art, and I started at the New Art, um, and I just loved it. Um, and it's the the simple idea that they robbed the bank, and they. You know, when the broadcast comes on and says the, the whatever the amount the bandits got away with fifty thousand dollars and they've just whatever it is two million bucks and Matthau immediately realizes we've stolen from the mob. We haven't robbed the bank. We've robbed the mafia. Yeah, we're fucked. Right. Um, and just that. Sorry, specific, the mafia. The mafia. The mafia. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> the mafia. And the uh, the outfit. You know, with the simplicity of the that. Outfit. Of, of then watching him try to figure out how he's going to live through this is yeah. it's such a that simple idea, Charlie Varick and, and uh, uh, it's got yeah, Andrew Robinson, the villain, his partner is the villain from Dirty Harry, of course, right. um, who hasn't done Dirty Harry yet. I don't think, I think he did. Uh, this is right after, this is right after Dirty Harry. 
Yeah, and it's Don. It's oh yeah, all right, yeah, and it's Don yeah. Siegel, right? Who's if you want to make a movie with a guy's name and then get Don Siegel, that's you know, Alex and teamed up. That's so right. You're off and running. Um, this I remember like this. I, I you'll appreciate this. I think as a, as a writer, I mean, it was it was I think the first movie where I sort of understood that these things were created and planned in advance by somebody who I slowly right. must be a writer or something. Because right. my dad and I would go to movies, and this is back in the day where like, you know, you go see like Papillon or something and it's sold out. So you go to the movie next door, the first thing smoking, basically, they looked halfway decent. Right. Yeah, you know, it started 45 minutes ago. So it's like, all right, we'll watch till the end and then watch the beginning. And as a kid, it was the first time I think that I ever was like watching the beginning of that film and realizing that they are setting everything up to pay off at the end perfectly. You know, it doesn't just happen. Like it's all these like little clock, details like, are there's laid a, in. There's clockwork going on, yeah. And you're noticing, they're telling you, they're telling you yeah. to your face where it's going, and they're confident that you're not going to figure it out. And I was just like, yeah. this is the coolest thing ever. I, I got to be able to figure out how to do this. This is an amazing yeah. thing. You know, the sting. I did. I saw the sting the same way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's so beautifully written, and, and God's so yeah. you can direct. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a tragic yeah, um, story of, of, of Matthau, I guess not, he did not like the film somehow. Oh, I don't know. And, yeah. Bad mouth. And he, he fought with, um, yeah, he bad mouthed it. And he also, his idea, I was reading Siegel's book and his suggestion, he really, really wanted, I have no idea why he thought the movie should begin with Charlie Varick going into a movie studio and pitching a studio exec on this amazing story. <laughs> I, <laughs> Which I just right away from the very beginning, you're telling me that Charlie Varick's going to live throughout the whole, you know, he's going to make it. So there's no suspense. It's like, that was just the weirdest thing. But apparently, yeah, not, not thrilled with the film. And, and, uh, and then you have Joe Don Baker playing one of the great movie paths uh, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh God, what's his line about it? I don't consort with, I can't, but, <laughs> but they put him up in the, at the, the bordello and, uh, yeah. And he's of course, just, he's, he's going on to uh, play in why you couldn't call Walking Tall Buford Pusser. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Right. Not, not <laughs> a good, uh, yeah. <laughs> or even Buford. Yeah. It's just not, not going to work. Definitely not Pusser. <laughs> <laughs> there is an art. I want to ask you about that at the end. But, but uh, I was going to say that you could call French Connection Popeye. Right. You might get yeah. in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Doyle, I don't know. But yeah, yeah Doyle. Actually, Doyle. But, but yeah. We want to pause a minute here and thank our sponsor, MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website. They're not only huge fans of our show, Showing Good Taste, but they feature many of the movies we discuss here so you can easily find them to add to your collection. Sure, you can stream a lot of stuff these days, but when you buy your favorites, you watch what you want, when you want, and there's usually a ton of great content and bonus features like director commentaries, deleted scenes, and all sorts of goodies. That's right, Joe. And if there's a movie you love whose title is the name of the main character or perhaps the villain, it's a safe bet that Movies Unlimited has got it. Uh, they've been our sponsor for a very long time. We love them. You love them. Uh, so why not go to MoviesUnlimited.com or TrailersFromHell.com and click on the Movies Unlimited link and order your favorites. Uh, and remember, shipping is always free on orders over $50. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awesome stuff. What, uh, what, is, what is our next one? Uh, it's Dirty Harry. Um which again, it's, it's right up there with Rocky with the, this is the guy we're going to, we're going to follow this guy around. We're going to be with him and see him solve this and pull this apart and, and get the guy at the end. Um, they do have a little bit of a, not a who is, but why, you know, why do they call you dirty Harry? Yeah. There's a whole, obviously a whole scene for the end of a scene about that. And even then you don't really know exactly why. But um, I always love that, you know, he's, a, he's a, so enigmatic, you know, and he's, he's um, and there's that very nice scene. It's um, um, uh, Rennie Santoni is his partner, and he's gotten shot up. And he's in the hospital, and he goes to visit him, and his wife's there. And he walks down the steps to the to the ground level with the wife. And it's a very strange shot. It's like a crane shot, just following them from the outside. There's no close-ups. And she says to him there, he's not gonna go back to being a cop. He's got his teaching degree. And Harry says, yeah, this is no life for you guys. And he's sincere. And then she says, how does your wife handle it? And she, re- she realizes he's talking about her in the past tense and he says, she died and she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, there was no uh, drunk driver crossed the median and killed her. There's no reason for it. And then all of a sudden you're like, but it's all, it's not a single close up. It's just a strange shot outside the parking garage. Like they don't want you to almost realize what he's saying. And you're like, Oh, that's why, that's why he's this guy. Cause he's, he's gotten, he's gotten his wife's dead. He's got nothing. And you know, the wife hasn't been killed by a criminal. He's just, killed in a car accident and now I run around doing this and and uh Rennie probably shouldn't because he's got you yeah no it's it's um well it's Siegel I mean it's it's so perfectly directed so perfectly directed yeah and it's so it's directed so that opening oh yeah the killer and then Harry coming to the crime scene and revealing San Francisco from the roof it's like there's it's like there's not a shot that isn't telling you like four different things, you know, and no one has yeah. the same thing. And with that great score just kind of thrumming underneath it. That, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, just it's, it's one uh, of the great openings to a film. And it's also it's got a scene. I mean, I know every, there's the whole thing about like everybody, you know, everybody's everybody's knows someone who thinks they see the knife go in in psycho. My my grandmother, who loved horror films and crime movies. Um, first time I saw her, one of the times about it, first we watched Dirty Harry on TV with her and she assured me vigorously they had cut a scene, um, out of the film, uh, in which, um, there's a naked man chasing a woman with a knife and Harry shoots him <laughs> like, oh, they're like, and it's like, she was so, which of course there's that line was like, Harry goes like, what right. naked man's chasing a woman through a dark alley with a heart on, um, and it was so vivid that somehow she she was positive she had seen it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, they didn't have to cut that scene. They could have shot her. 
<laughs> she loved her dirty Harry. <laughs> she yeah. really did. She yeah. really did. Um, and then, uh, oh, what's what is next? We've got a. Um, well, I had a. It's kind of. It's a. It's an odd. It might not qualify. But well, we can um, do both too. You dropped. You dropped the the Cone Brothers one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barton Fink. Barton Fink. We'll let you do the um, other one as well because it's a. It's a great one. Yeah. No, Barton Fink. Um, which is a great name. You know, you can tell that they were like the name of this guy is going to be the name of the movie. So we yep. got to give him a good name. And it's a little. It's obviously it's a little bit of a kind of nerdy dorky name uh which the main character is and i think it's my favorite movie about movies it's a a movie about being a screenwriter um and it's very clever and it's he's kind of losing his mind and i i have a theory that john goodman is only exists in his mind everything else once he leaves the hotel real life happens um, but, but when he's in his, when he's in his hotel, he's in the, like he says, the life of the mind, writing is the yeah. life of the mind. And John Goodman, I think it exists only, you only ever see him in the hotel and in his head. Um, and, uh, I just, I so think it's what writing is about in a way and how difficult it is and how frustrating and how not fun it is. And, uh, um, yeah, he never has a. There's never a single moment in his life of, because <laughs> you know, every now and then you write a paragraph or a page, and you're like, oh yeah, he just he never has a moment, does he? Yeah, yeah. He's just he's, a miserable he's, bastard. In, in his head, he's doing the classic sellout. I've come to Hollywood to make money, and and it has one of the great of many. It has one of the great Joel Silver inspired uh, Michael Lerner playing the head of the studio that he works for. Um, and it's always, whenever you see a head of a studio or a producer in a film, they claim that it was based on Joel Silver. And, uh, I think it's the closest to Joel that, that, uh, that a movie's gotten. Um, although did Joel ever show up to work in his uh, military uniform? Because uh, no, <laughs> no, but he did show up in, in uniform in, in a sense with his kind of pajamas that he wore. Sort of a caftan. Oh, well, there you um, go. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, He's taken an interest. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> He's taken an interest. <laughs> yeah. A wrestling picture, though. What's a, a dame, an orphan or a dame? You yeah. Have an orphan, you got to have an orphan in the wrestling picture or a dame. And Byron Pink makes the horrible mistake of saying, what, why can't we have both? <laughs> <laughs> Wallace Berry, you know, all that stuff. The... Um, and you know, it's a kind of love for movies and a love for that era of Hollywood, or even though they're making fun of it, you know, they, the, it has all that going for it. Um, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's such a great film. And I, I, I get why it wasn't a massive hit. I mean, it is definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. It has a lot going against it in terms of sort of mainstream audience love. Yeah. I also don't know a single screenwriter who doesn't love it. So. Yeah, even the, the casting of Totoro as the lead guy. And, uh, what, oh, John John Mahoney, is it? It's playing Faulkner. So like a yeah, loose yeah. Faulkner drinking himself to death. And, um, yep. Yeah, no, it's a glorious, glorious movie. Yeah. I've seen it 50 times if I've seen it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, but let's, let's, let's give it to him because we're good for time. And also you had an honorable mention, which I kind of love. 
I know Joe loves too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's the bad news beers. So it's the group. It's the, it's the group name. They can't name them all, so they they, they go with bad news beers. And um, it's 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 one of you know if you're if someone's listening, all they need to do is go on YouTube and, and watch the trailer. I mean, watch the movie <laughs> if you want to have a blast. Just watch the whole. But if you watch the trailer. You, you're like, how you, and imagine trying to make any of that today. Oh my but God. If oh a trailer like that came out today, people would be running screaming, you know, it's like <laughs> the, uh, the, and the way those kids are, you know, he doesn't give it. It's a great scene where the dad hires them and say, you know, and he interrupts them when he's talking about having an impact on a young man's life. And we wish we could uh, do this ourselves. And he just says, what, where, where's my check? You know, whatever that line is. And his the reason it can't be named after Matthau is because his name is Bor, Morris Buttermaker. So the movie was never going to be called Buttermaker. Buttermaker, yeah, um, exactly. Double bill with Barton Fink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, you know, Tatum O'Neill is fourteen years old. She's bet her virginity <laughs> to to Jackie Earl Haley. I'm not even sure we can talk about it on this show, let alone make that movie yeah, today. Yeah. Thanks. She, <laughs> She's got him to join the team and bet her virginity against it, and and uh, and you got seven year old kids swinging, you know, they're swinging beer, smoking, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, um, swearing. It's violent, you know. It's like the kids are uh, that little kid. I forget his name in the movie, but he's always fighting someone bigger than he is. And, uh, you got Oglavy, the statistician of the team, and Vic Morrow is great in it, right? He's he's like the the crazed rival little league coach, and it's his kid That's at right, the end yeah. who catches the ball and won't throw it to first. Um, and I, here's the thing: the movie was written by Burt Lancaster's son, Bill Lancaster, and. He's, I think he's a kind of screenwriting hero. He has two credits, basically, which is Bad News Beers and The Thing, right? And that's it. And he died, he died young. He died when he was 50. And when he was a kid, he had uh, polio. And he loved baseball. And when you hear this, I, I, I only knew this a few years ago, even, long after I loved the movie. And he had polio as a kid. and he ended up getting on this baseball team and they had him play first base because he had no range, couldn't run. He could kind of take two steps off the bag and play defense and get over to first for the throw. And it was like this huge thing for him as a little boy to be on this baseball team with his, with his braced in legs. And he years later wrote bad news beers. And when you hear that context of that movie, it's, it kind of makes the movie beautiful in a way, you know? I mean, I thought he, I loved the movie. And when I heard that, I thought even more of the movie. Um, but yeah, but, uh, shout out to, to Bill Lancaster. Um, and then by the way, they all, and we should say it's the Carpenter thing. Um, I didn't realize it was really, but you're right. What did make, you know, look, some people write a hundred movies and don't have one that's as good as either of those films. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, just, but yeah, you kind of, as I think about it, like imagine the bad news bears all grow up and get assigned, uh, they all become scientists, they all end up in the Antarctic. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
It's a sequel. The thing is a sequel to the Bad yeah, News Bears. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first, folks. I'm, I'm going to yeah, stand by Yeah, and they're both, they're both ensemble movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all kind of surly and hateful and lovable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, well, these these are great. I have a question for you, and I am going to put you in the spot because I don't know how I'd answer. But you, you, for me, and it's probably the same with you, you, you know when you know. But like you say, you don't. Some of the characters we talked about, you you couldn't name a movie after, and these are all just made up names. Like naming characters is all a pain in the ass. Coming up with right. a great name is how do you know a great name? Like, what is the is it just simply something you know? Do you have any? I, yeah, there's some kind of finality to it when you say it out. You have to hear it out loud, right? And it's just kind of if it feels like it's the period at the end of a very profound statement. I don't know how to say it other than that. Like yeah. um, the, uh, uh, it's, well, it's funny on payback. The original title was Porter. The name in the movie is Porter. Right. And Donald, West, Donald Westlake, who wrote the, the character, uh, he had a, uh, the character in the novels is um, Parker. Parker, Parker. Yeah. And he had a clause in when he sold the rights that no one could ever call him Parker. So he's called Porter in one movie. He's called this in another movie. Walker. Walker. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. But I called him Porter, and that was the title of the script. And Mel one day was like, I, we got to come up with a new title. And I'm like, no, I pitched him the whole thing. It's Porter. It's the, it's the character is the name of the movie. And he sort of thought about it for a second. He goes, yeah, but Porter doesn't really qualify, does it? And I thought about it, and I'm like, Porter. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't actually. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't hold, it doesn't hold it. Yeah. Like why does, why does Callahan work and Fitzsimmons doesn't? Yeah. You know, like just, there are just, I don't, Joe, you've got to have it. Like you see a script and the name on the cover, it's like named after a character and the name on the cover just doesn't cut it. Does that, or is great. Yeah. Do you have a reaction to these as a director? I uh, the most recent one whether you whether you like the movies or not the most recent one is john wick yeah and to right. me when you hear john wick you're like okay that's i uh, that's a period at the end of some sentence i'm um, asking who is john wick <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly the napoleon dynamite yeah. okay that's it has to be a comedy but i'm, I'm yeah. in yeah. Benji. Yeah. Benji, Lassie, <laughs> Rinton Tim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, one of the reasons that AI can never fully replace us, because I don't think there's a way to qualify it, you know, mathematically, what, what works and what yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, and yeah, it's always that thing. I mean, like sometimes a character just comes to you and you're like, boom, I'm off and running. And then sometimes you just, and I don't know why you're like, yeah. The names just I had don't a thing work. Broke. It wasn't really main characters, but when I had henchmen, I'd always, uh, I'd always look up the names of middle linebackers. And middle linebackers in the NFL always have great last names. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. So but you might just, not want to give that away to the general public. Yeah, that might be valuable. They, you might yeah. want me to cut that, but uh. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was, there was always middle linebackers always have great names. You need a, if you need a name, just look up the roster of Fantastic. the of the, uh, the eighty seven Dolphins and look at their middle linebackers, and you'll find a name. 
That's hilarious. Well, I'll confess to you, I've got a, an action movie coming out sometime next year, and um, it's about a, a, a woman, special forces, kind of female Rambo sort of thing. And I'm, I'm, I love the Westlake books, and I was so happy that, you know, it's always been so interesting to me that there's so many great Parker movies. There's so many Parker movies, yeah. which is not Parker. And uh, my writing partner and I went like, fuck it, let's name her Parker. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is using it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, well, Brian, man, thank you so much, man. I've I've always wanted to meet you. You're you're a magnificent writer. You you do great stuff and you're a, a hero to many of us. And uh um very, no, very, thank you very, very much. It's great meeting both of you and and Joe, it's like uh it's it's a pleasure to meet you. Um with uh, so many of those movies I saw. I know, when you uh, were a kid. <laughs> and especially I saw them when I was first trying to do this. <laughs> Thanks. Don't, don't say when you were a kid. Don't say when you That's were a kid. Right. I'll, I'll yeah. when, I was, when I was in my 20s. When I was in my 20s. When I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yes. Um, no, thank you. The movie is finest kind. Uh, it's in theaters. It's it's really, it's it's a joy. And it's not a movie you've seen before. It's Oh, it's cool. Parts of it are movies you've seen before in the best way possible, but it's just, it's such a, it's unique, man. I, I, uh, it's, you'll be, it's you'll be glad cool. you spent some time I, with these characters. Yeah. And I, I feel like I know something about like the fishing life now, which, um, not since Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Cause movies should take you somewhere you can't go, even if it's just on yep. a fishing boat. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, especially things like a fishing boat, because that does not yeah. look like it's fun. And now I don't have to do it. So You get to do it without having to smell it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Um, well, thank you, Brian, man. We really appreciate it. Take care. And um, uh, yeah, good luck with the film. Thank you, guys. Bye. The Movies That Made Me is the official podcast of Trailers From Hell, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. We are proud to be part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Learn more at airwavemedia.com. This is Josh Olsen for the movies that made me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.